0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: BYU adds another piece to their 2024 recruiting class. Who is Jet Nelson and what does he offer to the BYU Cougars? We're talking about it on today's show.
0: You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen today. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Hope you guys all had a fantastic weekend. Hopefully, a number of you had an opportunity to check out the BYU devotional to kick off Big Week, as they're calling it, Big 12 Week, in the lead-up to BYU officially joining the Big 12 Conference. Yes, that is happening this Saturday, folks. Think about that. It's coming so quickly. But thank you all the same for all of your support of this pod. Appreciate you guys being with us. We are your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU. Uh, The BYU football program has some great news with that announcement coming that BYU is going to be joining the Big 12 officially this week, but an announcement coming Sunday afternoon that Jet Nelson out of American Fork High School has committed to the BYU football program. Now, this is a guy I think some people are still learning about. Uh, I didn't realize this because I actually saw him quite a bit last year. I call high school football games for the KSL Sports rebound wind crew and have a great time uh, covering high school football here in the state of Utah. And I covered at least I called at least five American Fort games if I if I, my count is correct last year. And Jet Nelson was a, a player that I, I saw time and time again in different spots pop up. And it's not hard to miss a kid like this. He's listed at 6'5", 210 pounds and he's all of that. That's the thing about this. He's got a great great frame for a, for an athlete. That's the one thing about him I think that BYU is most intrigued by. But every time I saw him, he had very modest stats, just 14 catches, I think a buck uh, something uh, yards, a hundred and some odd yards on the season for American Fork, but he was not called upon to be the star player for American Fork last year. They had a number of other high-level players, Trey Roberts, Champion Edwards, their quarterback, you can go down the list, Uh, Hunter Clegg, obviously, uh, the four-star prospect himself, were all bigger names and bigger athletes and uh, bigger integral pieces for American Fork, but it was hard to miss a guy the size of Jeff. Nelson. We're the number 14 for uh, the American Fork Cavemen. And what I loved about him is he just so much showed so much versatility for American Fork. I think that's something that BYU latched on to. BYU is the only program that had offered him so far, and he pounced on that this weekend after his official visit to campus saying, I, I want to be a BYU Cougar. And it's always good to have guys who know exactly what they want, and they pounce on the opportunity to join the program that, they- that they've dreamed of playing for. So... I think this is a solid pickup for BYU, even if some of you out there are probably wondering, okay, he had very modest stats, Jake. Why should we be so, we, we be so intrigued and excited about this young man? Uh, I think first things first, he can play a myriad of different positions. He's being recruited primarily as a big-bodied receiver right now, could potentially grow into being a tight end, but it wouldn't surprise me either if he were to switch over to defense and he could play linebacker, defensive end. He's got all of the abilities to be a true athlete and find the perfect position for him at the Cleveland. Level And I've got no doubt that BYU's coaching staff will find the right spot for him. I think that he went to BYU on that official visit, met up with guys like Fessy Satake, who, are, who is BYU's wide receivers coach, and sold him pretty hard on uh, being a wide receiver for BYU. But this is a young man who has plans to go on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And then when he returns, how is his frame filled out? Has he gone from being a 6'5", 210-pound relative string bean? I mean, I don't mean that in a bad way. He's just he's very lean. That's the one thing about it. He's a very lean athlete and if he goes on a mission, does he come back weighing 240, 250, and suddenly yes, he is that true tight end or a defensive end. Does he grow an inch or two potentially as well? That's the thing about this. This is such an intriguing pickup because Jet Nelson is a blank slate in a way. He's a relative latecomer to playing football, played a number of other sports growing up, but football is something he's come to of late and has adapted very, very well. I've got to say, I don't see any real downside to taking a gamble on a kid like this because he is shown at one of the highest uh, levels of Utah high school football, if not the highest, because most people consider Region 4, which is what American Fort competes in here in uh, Utah, to be the quote-unquote SEC of Utah high school football. They are the best football programs, the most talent, uh, concentrated in one region, and it's a dog-eat-dog world in this. And a guy like Jet Nelson had his opportunities to go up against some of the best defensive backs the state offers in terms of high school talent, and had some pretty good success against them. I am fully expecting to him... Uh, fully expecting him to have a much better senior year this year being a focal point of what American fork doing American fork is doing on offense and potentially could contribute on defense as well for the cavemen. So, like I said, I, I I get you. You're probably wondering, okay, who is he, Jake? Fill me in. Why should I be excited about this? Uh, the thing about this is, it's just a, it's an opportunity for BYU to work with a kid who is doesn't have a lot of quote unquote bad habits. He, like I say, he's a relative latecomer to playing football. Started it during his high school days, but the nice part is, I think we're going to see this fall how much better this young, young man is actually going to be on the football field now that he takes the next step in his football evolution. Uh, he, like I said, he can play a myriad of different positions the next level, but I think this is a solid pickup for BYU, albeit one that's probably going to fly a little bit under the radar, but at the same time, do not forget the name Jet Nelson this year if you're getting out to high school football games. Make sure you stop by American Fork High School and check out Jet and his teammates. American Fork is one of those programs that's consistently good every single year. They don't necessarily have uh, a cavalcade of high-level talent every single year. They seem to produce one, two, or three guys on an annual basis. This is not a program uh, like a Corner Canyon, for example, or a Bingham back in its. Heyday, where it felt like there are five, six, seven, eight, nine guys who could be Division One guys. They they have their handful of guys, but the more important part is American Fork. They highlight their star players, and you can fully expect Jet Nelson now that he's a BYU commit will get his fair share of reps this year and should see a a real big uptick in his overall ability to play uh, for American Fork this year, and hopefully it pays off. Obviously, uh, continuing on into his time as a BYU Cougar. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we're going to flip over and talk about something interesting. Uh, Bill Connolly, who writes for ESPN, does the SP Plus rankings, uh, doing a very analytical approach to what's going on with college football. He did a Big 12 preview and dropped part one on Friday, and part of it mentioned BYU, and I wanted to talk about what he had to say about the Cougars and why he thinks that BYU may be making an ill-timed jump, as he says, to the Big 12 conference. We'll get to all of that here momentarily. Now, first, a word on our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel's been working this for the past few months. My my friends, the best part is baseball season is in full swing. There's no better place to get in on all of the action. than with our friends at FanDuel, they are America's number one sports, book. that's because right now new customers, you can get a no sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet does not win, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on today to check it out and, and join and get started right away. The best part about FanDuel is they have a safe and secure app. There's no need to worry about your money and or your information being at risk, but more importantly, you can get paid out immediately. You win. Win a bet, you can get it paid out right there. You can just say, cash me out right now. That's what I love about our friends at FanDuel. So don't miss, your, on your, don't miss out on your chance to snag sw- a first, no sweat, first bet up to $1,000 back. When you join FanDuel today, just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up once again. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to get started today. That's FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars a uh, part of your day. Thank you for being everydayers with us here on the podcast. Coming up on tomorrow, shall we continue our look back at all 155 games in BYU football history? Also, I've got some cooking a little bit here. I'm, I'm going to see if I can start uh, snagging some of these recruits to come on the show. I've been in contact with a couple of them, and I'm, I'm hoping to land one for tomorrow. We'll see what happens. Uh, just another thing real quick. I will be out at uh, BYU's, uh, I guess, they're going to have their first annual uh, media golf scramble event. It's a tournament uh, taking place today. Uh, supposed to have players and coaches available for interviews after the festivities uh, out on the golf links and uh, hopefully have some of those interviews for you as well. So we'll intersperse that throughout the next few weeks, if not the entire month of July, obviously leading up to Big 12 media days. We'll have plenty of coverage and lead up to that. Getting ready for the Big 12 official entrance. Uh, hopefully you guys have seen that they're having a, a, like a, a midnight madness type deal on Friday night down at the student-athlete building in Provo. They're also having what they are calling the big party on Saturday afternoon out there. it be at the student-athlete building, the Smith Fieldhouse. I think the indoor, indoor practice facility is going to be involved in that. Should be a really, really fun week ahead, my friends. And that, I, I'm excited for this. It's been a long time coming, nearly two years uh, in the making for BYU to officially make their entrance into the Big 12 Conference and obviously have that Power 5 affiliation as a football program, most notably. But it happens for every other uh, athletic program and BYU's athletics department. It's really, really a big deal. And I, I'm appreciative that BYU is making it a big deal. I think a number of you probably tuned in, like I mentioned in the open, uh, to last night's devotional Was good to hear from chase Roberts, uh, Olivia Katoa, who else? Tyler Batty was up there. Kalani Satake, obviously speaking. And, uh, that's the one thing about BYU. It's such a unique university. They don't shy away from, uh, embracing what they are. They're a university that's endorsed and operated by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They they, they they preach at Christ. They believe it. Like, all that stuff is stuff that's going to be interspersed with what BYU is. And either you take it or you leave it. I, I know that it makes some uh, people upset that BYU does what they do, but you know what? I, I think it's something that BYU, they, they just stick to their guns. and. You know what? If the Big Twelve seems to be fine with it, and if other people aren't, you know what? So be it. You just kind of move on and you just do your thing. That's the thing about this. BYU is a force for good out there in the universe. They talk about it all the time, and I thought that uh, devotional. Yeah, I was getting some uh, opposing fan bases, most be one forty miles away uh, from Provo, wearing red and black and white. You know, the Utes were uh, making fun of it, but at the same time it's what BYU is folks. Like I, I don't get the, the hate that, that this can draw sometimes for BYU, but that just may be the Homer in me. That's speaking out on that. I, I thought it was actually a really well done event and, uh, kind of highlighted exactly what BYU is all about for their student athletes and a great kickoff, obviously, to, obviously to a huge week ahead for the BYU athletics department. All right. Uh, time to talk a little bit about what Bill Connolly had to say about BYU football in particular. Uh, he has been doing these conference by conference breakdowns. He calls them previews, uh, looking at each team in these conferences answering big questions regarding all of these and he did the first half of the Big 12 he kind of split it into two he said with 14 teams I'm splitting it into two halves and he talked about the newcomers in part one which dropped uh, late last week Uh, he talked about this with regards to BYU he also lumped Cincinnati in here and he says that uh, BYU and Cincinnati earned their jumps speaking of the jumps to the Power 5 ranks Cincinnati never should have fallen to the G5 level in the first place they were a member of the Big East if you will recall and as an independent over the last decade BYU is a lot closer Closer to Notre Dame than, say, UMass, Connolly wrote. He adds this, though. Still, BYU peaked in 2020, going 11-1 and finishing 7th in SP+, and has dropped to 40th and 71st over the past two seasons. Cincinnati reached the CFP, uh, the college football playoff, and ranked 5th in SP+, in 2021, but fell the 30th last year and lost its head coach to the Big Ten. These programs boast plenty of upside, but they might not make a great show of things for a little while." Unquote. Now, I can understand on its head you're thinking, well, what's he saying? He's saying that he's afraid that BYU may not have the pieces to go out there and be what they were in 2020 when they took the college football world by storm. Now, 2020, as we all know, was very much disrupted by a global pandemic. There were so many things going on in that circumstance that I think this one might be a little bit off base from what Bill Connolly's trying to write. Yes, BYU has had a pretty precipitous drop going from 7th to 71st in his SP Plus rankings, but the one thing he also does acknowledge later is that there's been a change in terms of their defensive coaching staff uh, talking about Jay Hill taking over. He did say this, BYU's fate will also depend on newcomers, even though head coach Kalani Sitake returns for an 8th season. Of a new starting quarterback, likely USC and pitch transfer Keaton Slovis, new blood at running back, that'd be Aiden Robbins, and receiver, transfers on the O-line, and most importantly, a new defensive coordinator. Jay Hill comes to pro after a long, solid run as Weber State's head coach, and he's got work to do. In the past two seasons, BYU has fallen from 19th to 56th to 95th in defensive SP. After a solid start last year, the Cougars allowed 6.1 yards per play and 31.1 points per game over their final 11 contests. Uh, he's talked about how he's worried about uh, potentially how long it'll take Jay Hill to get BYU's defense up to snuff. I don't think BYU or any of you out there listening and or watching this podcast are a, under any illusions that BYU is going to go out and immediately be a Big 12 difference maker. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I think 6-6 six and six this year for BYU is a great spot for BYU to sit. And getting to 6-6 six and six with a middling defense, I think is very doable. I think that the biggest thing is looking at this is that, uh, that Bill Connolly might be thinking that BYU thinks that they're going to get back to doing what they were doing in 2020, day one in the Big 12. Maybe I'm wrong about that, and I, I, I've had Bill on different shows I've done for my radio career. I maybe have to get him on this podcast to talk about this, uh, but he talks about the fact that the defense in particular, he says with a schedule with six projected top 40 opponents suggests that their number 60 projected ranking could be an impediment to bowl eligibility. Yes, it's always going to be a struggle when you're making the transition to the Power 5 ranks. But he also talks about the fact that Kalani Sitake... Jay Hill and Aaron Roderick were all on the staff at Utah that made the transition to the power five ranks with the Utes. These guys know what they've done to get Utah to being a competitive program. Utah had a pretty surprising debut in the Pac-12 and then slumped to back and back back and, back to back five and seven seasons, if you guys will recall. And then as he says, they found their footing after that and have made their climb in the Pac-12 ranks since then. Could BYU follow a similar pattern? I, I maybe, maybe they could go out. Keaton Slovis is absolutely lights out, and suddenly BYU's rocking and rolling and cooking with peanut grease, and all, off they roll, and they get to a nine-win season. That'd be absolutely marvelous to start their campaign. I, on the other hand, think that if you uh, just keep your expectations leveled, I, I'm I, I'm not saying that BYU's going six and six for sure. I'm not going to guarantee that they could go three and nine. They could go nine and three, but the thing about this is I'd rather start a little bit slow as what Bill Connolly is suggesting here might be the case, and then in a two to three season span potentially, build yourself up and then you start to really become a power player as you kind of follow the right uh, steps to building this program. Kalani Satake I think is under no illusions that he's going to go out there and be world beaters from day one in the Big 12 Conference. If it comes to fruition that it's just that and be you can continue to reload with the transfer portal Stuff, great. That's going to make Kalani Sitaki even a higher priority target for other programs to to come and uh, lure him away from BYU. But the thing about it is, I think BYU knows they need to take very uh, careful. Uh, I don't know, I'm trying to say steps, or just make sure that they're covering all their bases as they build this program. BYU's got a unique ability to recruit certain athletes out there. I had a Texas fan hop in our YouTube comments and was bagging on Rainer Swanson. Oh, you guys are really celebrating a three-star prospect that much. And he's talked about the fact, that well, you guys got him because he wants to go on a mission. And, okay, you know what? Reiner Swanson is the type of athlete BYU needs to compete in the Big 12 Conference. It just so happens his mom's been in his ear since he was in junior high, as he told the Deseret News, and BYU's always been the program he's aspired to play for. It doesn't hurt that he's 6'5", 240 pounds, and runs like a gazelle as a tight end. That's a phenomenal addition to what BYU football's trying to do. I think that BYU knows what they're going up against. Their understanding of what they have to do to be competitive at this level. They're going to build towards that. Will it be perfect day one? No, it won't. Because Jay Hill's going to have to have uh, some work done with his defense to get them up to speed. It may not be perfect year one in the Big 12 Conference. But I think BYU is capable of grinding out six wins. They get to 6-6. and I'm going to celebrate it as a pretty successful year for BYU. Now, I also acknowledge that every season is different. Injuries could play a huge role. In a season like this You have certain guys Go down As we've seen During BYU's Run through independence It can really scuttle What was looking like A pretty solid season So we're all going to sit back and find out how it goes, but I, I kind of look at what Bill Connolly's saying. I think he's trying to project a little too much of what BYU was a year ago and project it onto BYU, what they, what they appear to be this year, if that makes sense. There's been so much change, 20 transfers coming into BYU. There's been so much happening for the Cougars that I don't necessarily think it's an apples-to-apples comparison with regards to looking at last year and trying to project it ahead to this year. I know that Bill has a job to do with that, but I would just kind of say that, hey, Let's. There's a few things. There's a few outliers and there's a few different things. I think that'll be going into the calculus here that you can't quantify as BYU makes this transition. But I reiterate again, six and six. I think that'd be the right place for BYU to be. If they exceed that, great. Trust me, I'll be right there along with you guys celebrating all of the successes that BYU could have. But at the same time, if they struggle and out of the gate they're four and what four and what before and eight three and nine. that wouldn't necessarily be uh, the season that you want it to be, but that may be a wake-up call to BYU's deficiencies and what they need to fix, and obviously go back to the drawing table and try and figure out what's wrong and get better from it. So... I'm interested to see where it all goes, but the thing about this is I think BYU is in a pretty good spot of understanding what they're getting into, and at the same time, trying to anticipate those moves and build ahead of that. Like I said, is it going to be perfect? No, it's not. But I think that they have a pretty decent opportunity to go into the Big 12 and play spoiler maker in a way this year. They may rip off a couple of wins that are going to affect the title race in the Big 12 conference, but... I for one, if they get to six and six and are celebrating a bowl somewhere uh, around this great country at the end of the year, I think that'd be a pretty solid uh, debut for BYU as a Big 12 program. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we're going to talk a little bit uh, similar to what we just talked about—the potential transition for BYU from the uh, G5 or the pseudo P5 ranks to actual P5 ranks. Well, there was a transition in the 2018 season that changed the entire fortunes of BYU for the better. Part of three seasons after it, we'll talk about two pivotal games in that 2018 season coming up here in just a moment. First, a word on our friends over at Perry Homes. Whether you're looking for your first home or you're ready to upgrade to your dream home, my friends, Perry Homes has a house for you. For 50 years, Perry Homes is Utah's premier home builder with communities throughout the state. They have many communities, home designs, and price points to help meet your needs. More importantly, they've got beautiful communities in Davis, Salt Lake, Tooele, and Utah counties. I also have multiple communities in Washington County near St. George. No matter where you want to live, Perry Homes has got an option for you, my friends. They offer over 50 unique home designs from Ramblers to two-story to townhomes to help fit your needs and more importantly if you want to make the move right away they have quick moving homes available now if you're ready to make the move so check it out my friends visit perryhomesutah.com to see what's new in utah's finest neighborhoods that's perryhomesutah.com to learn more now for 50 years utah has been coming home to perry homes
0: it's kubota orange day shop the year's best selection of kubota tractors zero turn mowers and utility vehicles
1: Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars a part of your routine, my friends. Hope you guys are all doing great on this Monday. Uh, like I said, I'll be out of that BYU Media Golf event. Uh, stay tuned on our social media feeds for some highlights from that. Uh, hopefully I don't embarrass myself too bad on the links, but uh, we'll see what happens with that. But a couple of things before we go on today's show. As we've been looking back at all 155 games in BYU's independent football history, and uh, 2018 was a really interesting year because there was a transition going on with Jeff Grimes coming in with a new offensive staff for BYU. They started out the season with Tanner Mangum entrenched as their starting quarterback, but they had recruited this three-star prospect out of Corner Canyon High School late in the recruiting process. They flipped Zach Wilson, got him on campus, and the debate was, as BYU is floundering a bit here at midseason, how quickly the transition may go from Tanner Mangum, the entrenched uh, upperclassman, to a young upstart in Zach Wilson who seemed to have all these physical gifts that you wanted to see what he was capable of in a BYU uniform. Well, I think the straw that broke the Camels' back proverbially for BYU and forced them to make the change was a loss to Utah State. Now, BYU welcomed Utah State in on a Friday night to Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and it was not pretty. Jordan Love, the future Green Bay Packer, ended up passing for four touchdowns in this game. The Aggies ran for 200, uh, 223 yards, while BYU under their ability to run the football once again. Just 16 carries for 39 yards. Tanner Mangum ended up passing for 270 yards in his own right. Two touchdowns and one interception. Zach Wilson did also throw a touchdown pass in this as he came into the game. It was 3 of 4 for 52 yards and one touchdown. I remember late in this game watching Zach Wilson do his thing it became readily apparent that Zach had just this, this ability to, to spark this offense. And the following week, BYU spent the entire week playing coy about what was going to happen at the quarterback position. Now, uh, as we will talk about here in a moment, BYU ultimately handed the reins to, uh, to Zach Wilson that week. But it was one of those things. BYU had slumped to 3-3. Three and three. Uh, BYU coming off that 4-9 season, they could not afford to have back-to-back seasons of bowl ineligibility. Not making a bowl game would have been a really, really bad look for Kalani Satake, who's under a lot of pressure, obviously having to whack uh, his offensive staff after the previous season due to the struggles that they had. Well, BYU said, you know what? We're going all in on this guy. Jeff Grimes, Aaron Roderick, they made the decision to hand the reins to Zach Wilson as they welcomed Hawaii in. Uh, who, by the way, this Hawaii team was surprisingly good. They were 6-1 off to a really, really good start for the Rainbow Warriors coming to Provo, making the trek across the Pacific to take on BYU. And BYU handed the reins to number 11 at the time, Zach Wilson. And Zach Wilson responded, not with a perfect performance, but a pretty darn good one, honestly. BYU racked up 49 points in this game. If you remember this, it was a Saturday night. At Lavelle Edwards Stadium, uh, Wilson ended up 16 of 24, 194 yards, three touchdowns against one interception, but his, also his ability to run the football at times was very important. He ran for a touchdown, one of four BYU rushed for in this game. Matt Hadley had 10 carries for 95 yards. To lead BYU, who had... Uh, Run for just under forty yards the week previous. They rallied uh, for two hundred and eighty yards, averaging six yards per carry in an absolute romp as they absolutely destroyed Hawaii in this game, forty-nine to twenty-three. And I remember after this game, I was sitting at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in the press box, thinking, "Geez, Zach Wilson. I had watched him in high school the year before. Do he did with with Corner Canyon? Was thinking, okay, this kid's got the goods. He's a really good football player. But what will he do at the college level? Well." We were all about to see over the next two and a half seasons what he was capable of, and we'll continue to break all of this down, but it was a really uh, kind of fortuitous decision. BYU was at midseason, six games into their, into their season. They had an extra day, obviously, having played on a Friday night against Utah State, getting their butts kicked, frankly, by the Aggies. It was not a good feeling to lose that to a rival of yours, but they handed the reins to a young man and it was off to the races at that point. Now, as I mentioned, we all know that looking back at the history of Zach Wilson, run, there were injuries that were going to come, and we'll talk about those, but this was a very important debut for BYU, and I think it was the perfect opponent for him to debut against, because uh, Hawaii appeared to be a little bit of a paper dragon. They had racked up, like I said, a pretty gaudy record, but have, had done it against some and let's just say questionable opposition to that point, but BYU went out and helped their quarterback. Speaking of Zach Wilson, by r- having one of the finest rushing performances of the 2018 season for an offensive coordinator who is an offensive line coach by trade for Jeff Grimes. That's what he loves as a as an offensive coordinator is a team that is running the ball at will against an opponent, and obviously helped Zach Wilson settle in and have a successful debut for BYU. And uh, the rest, they say, is history. As he would never really relinquish that starting position. Sands for injury but then would come back and uh, we all know what it led up to obviously with the end of the 2020 season. But we'll break those down as they come over the coming days and weeks to get you ready for the upcoming 2023 season for BYU with Keaton Slovis under center for BYU. All right, so there you go. That is all I got for you guys on a Monday. Stay tuned this week. Like I said, video, audio, all the stuff I can gather from this BYU Media Golf Tournament. We're supposed to have players and coaches available for interviews after the round concludes. So we'll have that for you guys on the podcast. And obviously, uh, keep it locked right here on Locked On Cougars for all of your BYU coverage every single day. Thank you once again for making it your first listen today. Thank you for being everydayers with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Quick reminder once again, we are giving away a signed Jaron Hall football as our grand prize as part of our uh, springboard to hopefully get our to the 5,000 subscriber mark on YouTube. If you want to enter to win that as well as some other BYU swag, that's just the grand prize. Got Other stuff will be given away. Uh, If you guys are interested in that, please send us an email. Lockedonbyu at gmail.com. The email address to send us uh, just essentially uh, confirmation that you're subscribed to the show. If you want to take a screenshot of it and send it that way, Great. And by the way, if you have not subscribed on YouTube, even if you're going to plan on listening to it in the regular podcast form, regardless, please subscribe on YouTube and just help us build those numbers. It's really, really important algorithm-wise and helps YouTube kind of recommend us to more and more BYU fans out there. So uh, thank you for all of your support once again, as always. And until tomorrow, my friends, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast. See ya. Hey,
0: Prime members.